Welcome to episode 34 of the Carding Dads podcast. In this episode, Andrew and I talk about our last local race. We delve into some of the shenanigans that took place, as well as talk about our upcoming race, the Maxis Four Cycle Sprint Series, and the first round in Jacksonville at 103rd Street on March 29th through the 31st. I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, please share our podcast with all your friends and anyone you think would enjoy the content we're making. And feel free to reach out on Facebook at Carding Dads or on our website, cardingdads.com. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. What's going on, man? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Uh, feeling better. That's always a plus. So, uh, it was looking bad for a little bit, but man, I feel great. Yeah, you can talk. <laughs> yeah, I could talk. I could actually talk. <laughs> uh, I I don't remember the last time I was actually down where I had trouble speaking. So I feel for you, but I don't really know what that feels like right now. Hopefully, I don't catch it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Did just the worst part was? is, uh, um, I think it's just my sinuses. Um, for some reason. Uh, about two years ago, I had uh, my first ever like kind of sinus issue, and my dad suffers from them, but I never have, so I was like never able to relate like all the pain that he was going through. Right. And uh, every now and again, I get like a sinus headache, uh, but they would go away real quick. But I don't know, something recently happened, and now when the pollen season comes, that's it. Like I, my life is miserable. Yeah, speaking of pollen, my white Prius is so not white right now. Yeah, it's 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 disgusting. Like what's going on right now in Florida? Uh I don't mean to like be complaining about weather, but uh from it to go from 80 degrees to 40 degrees, you know, to 70 degrees to 30 degrees to 80 degrees back to 40 degrees. It it's crazy. Everything's dying outside all the plants started to come into a bloom and then we get a freeze and yeah it, it's weird man it's it's bad go home whether you're drunk yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but my, the good uh, thing is we get still cart so that's always a positive that's a good thing actually it makes for some pretty decent weather for carting i'm not gonna lie as long as it's not crappy you know, rain the day before you know, if the track stays the way it is, man, by, you know, midday when it's supposed to be blazing hot, just because of all the coolness that's in the air, man, 70s are, 70s are great weather for karting. Yeah. The only thing that's not great is when the track hasn't been used in a couple days. Yeah. And people go out there and just get rooster tails of just green fog <laughs> oh my gosh that's that's the worst yeah i know i know the feeling uh i'm not a fan of it i actually like skipping first practice partly for that um who someone says it all the time i can't remember but there's thanks for go cleaning the track for us it might be kevin who says it all the time thanks for cleaning the track for us yeah you son of a gun so so yep so well, speaking of weather Man, last race was some really awesome lap times for for me. I'm still thinking it was weather, man. 
Yeah, it was a gorgeous day. I think it was, what, 76, 77 degrees. Um, yeah, I don't even think it was that high. Um, maybe. I don't think it was that high. Yeah, I, maybe. I got a little sunburnt. So, uh, what? Uh, I got that untenable skin, yo. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, no, um, it, the weather was perfect. I don't think it's rained in a while either. So the grip level was really good on the track. Uh, it was a great race. We had a pretty good amount of carts out there and had a blast. So yeah, I would say that the track was fast for sure. Yeah, it was it was wicked fast. Um, I mean, I I still haven't gone back and and looked at any times because you know NFKC as usual until we request it hasn't posted the results anywhere or the timing upload to my laps. So I got no idea what happened in any of the sessions, <laughs> and I I still did the same thing which I did. The previous race, the two sessions, or two different classes, the, the Masters, no, not Masters, the Senior um, Gold Cup and CIK Senior. So there was no way I was going to walk back to the results board at the end of every session, you know, to go look at the results, then walk back to my pits and then back and forth. But yeah. this makes it difficult to keep up with the weekend when you, you just you don't know anything. You can't look it up on your phone. You can't keep track of anything. It just makes it suck a little bit. So that was uh, a, that was a so downer. Spoiled. What's that? <laughs> that he sounds so spoiled. What's that? I'm spoiled. Oh, come yeah. on. You, you want to talk about first it. world problems? This is this is no. But think about funny. it though. Like, I mean, it's easy for me to say yes, I'm spoiled, but I have been going to racetracks that have timing and scoring at club level since 2008 right forget like the petit le mans and all those races i went to in 2006 after i got here uh, but you always have timing and scoring you know, just our friends are racing anywhere we can follow timing and scoring we make all this yeah. noise but i can't follow my <laughs> own timing and scoring in my local race that's that's not fun <laughs> no, I mean, if the app is free and the technology is there, you might as well use it. Yeah. And I'm not even asking for live timing, to be honest. I just want, at the end of the session, when the session results are done, there's a simple, simple process to do a timing upload from the Orbit software to the MyLapse website, SpeedHive. Simple timing upload for the results. And ta-da, it'll be there. And we can go in and use all the awesomeness that... You know, people complain about, let me go on a rant for a little bit. People complain about how expensive these transponders are, right? So this $160, I don't, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know how much it costs in carding. I'm still using my, my car racing one, which I have. I had a five-year subscription. And then because I crashed and tore my transponder up and I'm, I'm a MyLapse ambassador, I was very fortunate. MyLapse shipped me a second one. So I've had the same transponder and I'll have seven years total on it. So I don't know what it costs. I should check before I talk about how much it costs. But everybody complains about how much it is to, you know, get a, a one-year subscription or pay for the thing. That's fair, but that's because we don't use it for its true value. If our organizations or our clubs were uploading the entire timing results, fun fact, you can go to speedhive.mylabs.com, hashtag not sponsored, even though I'm an ambassador. <laughs> um, you can go to SpeedHive and you can look at 
all your laps, obviously from the race, but you can also do comparisons against other, other drivers. You can compare your lap time lap by lap against four or five drivers at a time. You can export all that data and actually check your own driver consistency. We talk about it all the time. Without you know going through your micron and looking at it, you, know, you could just look at those laps and see, hmm, if you have video plus the actual official lap times, not you know look staring at your micron, uh, especially for those who have a micron four, for example, where you're just reading from a beacon, um, at the end of the weekend, you don't have anything to correlate the two. But if you can pull your data from my laps, watch your video and see, well, my tires must have come in this lap. And if all day you go back and you realize that this is these are the settings I had, you know, these are the tire pressures and all those things. And huh, funny thing, because I was busy racing, I wasn't looking at my lap time, lap after lap after lap. But now I can go back and just pull that data from my laps. You're all set. So for those who don't have a fancy micron that can do all this crazy data thing, you don't have to. You can just go to my laps, grab the data, and voila. But I can't do that because my local club doesn't do timing upload to SpeedHive, unless I ask. <laughs> that was a rant. Are you uh, going to edit this taken. out for me? No. Okay. It needs to be out there. Because uh, we might not be the only club suffering for this. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but yeah, I'm transponders are expensive. And if you can't use a tool for what it's designed or capable of, doing yeah um why why buy it i know i mean if everybody could go back and get value from it the fact that you you know you pay ten dollars to rent the transponder for the weekend means that from now until the end of time when you log into your speed hive you could see every single race you've ever done if you want to track your own driver progression if you lose your data from your micron right i mean it happens me right exactly it happens um, I've done it before. Luckily, I have backups, but it happens. You can go to your speed hive and look at every single race you've ever participated in from the beginning of time with that transponder. And if you're like me and you have multiple transponders, they're all there under your profile. You can link as many transponders as you want to your user profile. You log in with one username and password, and I can look at my races from 2014, 15. One race in 16 because I borrowed a car, <laughs> 17 <laughs> and 18. Like, I could see everything, which is awesome. You know, so, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know if I should say anything. NFKC, if anyone's listening, but I should probably send an email. That's the right thing to do. I will send an email to nfkcinformation at gmail.com. It's out there. Anybody else, please feel free to send an email to nfkcinformation at gmail.com. Say, Emmanuel really wants his timing upload. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is starting off on a bad note. See what happens when we don't we don't do record for a week because he can't talk. Yeah, but hey, I mean, I need that's a, what I need makes this show session. the show, right? And the third session. <laughs> we are not sophisticated and planned out, even though you are that kind of person. And I'm kind of hey, let's just wing it. So it works out perfect. It does. I love it. I, I love you for the it. The show's man. awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's actually get into the show. Um, All right, so uh, race recap. I went faster than I ever have by myself, and there was really no other way to do that because in the CIK race, Corey, again, as expected, wouldn't want in any other way, to be honest, um, was not a drafting partner. Like, he disappeared. That said... Drum roll, please. 
I overtook Corey into turn one, and I had the lead of the race for like a hundred feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, something to be proud about for sure. Hey, I am so proud of myself. Uh, no, I won't. I won't say that he was having motor and problems. And he didn't crash while doing it. No, I did. I did spin because I got ahead of myself. I was so busy celebrating instead of racing. It was in fact lap one. <laughs> Actually, no, it was lap two. Uh, but I did spin shortly after that, uh, and I'll get into that. That was just driver error. But it was awesome to pass Corey into turn one, even though. I clearly could tell he had a motor problem. I still was like, man, I know he's going to get me, but when am I going to get the opportunity to flat out just like overtake him on the straight into turn one like that? I'm going for it. And I did. And it felt awesome. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole recap. <laughs> I'm done. Ready. After you split out, you ready to just get out of your cart and walk off. Like, that's it. I'm going I mean, it should have been a total mic drop, right? I should have done that. Uh, Maybe we should start carrying mics in the cart. Uh, we totally like should. That. We gotta have a we gotta have video going though, because if you do a mic drop by yourself and no one sees it, did you really do a mic drop? Uh, that's true. If a tree falls down in the forest and no one hears it, <laughs> did it really fall? I guess it did. Physics hashtag doesn't lie. I thought okay. it was it does a does a tree make noise or something like that? Yeah, it's a noise. That's right. Does a tree make noise if it falls and no one hears it? Because, in fact, noise must be heard, right? Um, so, yeah, man. Like, that's really my whole recap. I passed Corey to turn one, and I led for 100 feet. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, no, in all seriousness, I guess let me back it up. So, I took the cart. Um, on the trailer with the Vega tires that we had practiced on because I wanted to try the Maxxis tires a little bit. And so it was practice, practice. And then because I was doing the two separate classes, I knew that I would, I'd burn through, you know, four runs or five runs. Like, sorry, six runs. I can't count today. Six runs in the afternoon. So instead of running my heats and stuff on the Maxxis tires, I was like, nope. That's the same tires we're going to practice on for the Maxxis race when it comes in. So I was going to save them and practice on the Vegas. But I went out practicing on the Vegas, and they felt good and fast. Um, and they felt better than when I practiced on them because it was really hot. That Well, it wasn't really hot, but it was hot enough that day when we practiced that I, I just felt like the front end didn't have a lot of grip. But in the cool morning with a lot of motor, you know, like strength and power from all the cold air. I don't know. Everything was working perfect. So I enjoyed driving, practicing on them. And my Micron was reading really good. It was like 41.4 or 41.5. It was exactly what I was practicing, you know, for my best the previous weekend. I'm like, well, if these tires are good, I'm just going to run them. And that's what I did. Um, so practice was fine. Uh, nothing eventful. Oh, I know what it was. My... Uh, my right rear hub was, and I should say, I think it was loose. Um, the collar was loose. I put a lock collar on. The collar was loose. But the hub itself was, you know, tight. I don't know what happened because the hub had, the lock collar had moved maybe a quarter inch from the hub towards the center of the axle, which is what you expect. Um, but the hub, funny enough, 
looked like it had slid out and I didn't understand it at all. So I came in, I was like, look, the line looks like it's moved out. I can't really tell. Um, hashtag Jorge, my cart is not clean enough for me to know where the previous line was. I'll give you that. <laughs> I wish my axle was nicely polished, but it's not. So I couldn't tell if it had moved out or if it was the same place. And a lock collar is what had slid over completely. And that's the line I was seeing. But the weird feeling was that when I would take turn two, which is, you know, this crazy left-hander, um, I don't know. It just felt like I could feel the tire rolling on its sidewall. It just felt that way. And I didn't, I didn't expect it to do that. But it just felt like I could, I could feel the tire setting and then basically biting too much and pulling itself, the whole wheel and hub, towards the inside of the axle. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, weird. It was like my whole weight transfer, everything was like off. Everywhere else, the cart felt great. I mean, it was a little loose, but um, not as loose as every time, right? The looseness that everybody says I'm a madman for. No, the cart was actually controllable. But every time I would take that turn, it would just feel like as soon as I give it any throttle or input at all, it would immediately go. It's like almost snap over steer. So I kept, you know, sawing at the wheel. You saw it. Everybody saw it. It was like I was driving a tanker, trying to do an autocross in a tanker. Man, it was just, it was just <laughs> weird. So, yeah, um, I didn't get a grip of that. I tried. Like, I didn't try to correct it. I just tried to set the right rear hub back to where it was. I tightened everything again. And I needed to do a gear change because, you know, it was, it was that much cooler. I was in a 58 rear and I was pinging super early. And so I went to a 56 because, uh, like I said, uh, there was just so much air. So I was on an 1856, which is, I don't think I've ever been on that, that type of ratio. I mean, that's a lot, of, a lot of room to spare. But, I mean, it was just doing exactly what it needed to. So, yeah, it worked out really well. Um, I, I like practice. Practice was good. You got out for practice, right? Um, yeah, I was out there at practice. Yeah, so... Oh, that's right. You When I saw you the first thing, Ron was working your carburetor. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. I thought I had a carburetor issue from the previous race. It just felt like the cart had no power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... So, I took, I took my cart over to him that Monday after the race because I was off on that day and I said hey can you help me go through this carburetor and see what I got to do and we took everything apart and sure enough my float wasn't set properly um the drop wasn't right you know nothing was right on it so he went ahead and tuned everything and so when the race came he brought another carburetor just in case something were to happen yeah and uh, so we went ahead and put his carburetor on, and the car ran just fine. And so for the feature race, we put my old carburetor back on to see if it would happen again, and uh, it didn't happen. So pretty much nothing was set correctly inside the uh, carb. Yeah. Uh, my valves got my valves were loose um, from the previous race. And then going into this race, you know, I pretty much lost uh, 
the race before I ever got there because I was more concerned on what was wrong with the engine, mm-hmm. not what was wrong with my driving. So mentally, I just, you know, I lost before I even went in until probably about that feature race. And then I was like, you know what, dude, just send it, you know. Yeah. You're beating yourself up for what? You know, because it's just something that was bothering me because I didn't know. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I still don't really quite know uh, what was wrong. And, you know, Ron found a couple things wrong with my clutch. I had two shims in there that it shouldn't have been in. And I used too much chain loop one time and it got inside the drum. And so that was real nasty too. Yeah. Um, so there's like a whole bunch of different things. And that's like, even still today, I was talking to dad and I was like, man, you know, what do you think if it's this or if it's, you know, now I'm looking at, you know, re- relapping the valves or replacing the springs. And I just had to sit down and say, you know what, dude, stop, you know, quit chasing ghosts. You don't have the data right here in your face. that says, this is exactly what your problem is. Yeah. And I had a whole bunch of different small problems that led to a big problem that, you know, when it was coming at me from all different sides, I, I didn't know where to start. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at now. And that's, I mean, that's a big lesson for me to learn for the last two races um, is, you know, overthinking things, uh, you know, then go down to the track and you're, you know, you're not there mentally. You're more worried about what I need to listen for this sound or what, I, you know, what it's going to do in here and here. Uh, watch my RPMs in this area to see if I'm, you know, if there's a a difference between laps. Um, and I just got so focused at looking at the micron, I wasn't really looking at my driving line. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, I lost the race before I even got there. And that's a lesson. That was a hard lesson to learn. And uh, hopefully that'll never happen to me again. Even if something's going wrong, just, you know, suck it up, work around it, figure a way. That's right. Drive what you got. So yeah, that's that's that was my biggest uh, you know takeaway from the whole weekend is you know I just I I can't I can't lose something before I even go out there. Yeah, you're not even giving yourself a fair shot. No, that's that's a that's an important lesson, man. Uh, that needs to be like tech tip Tuesday or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we had a saying in in wrestling that if you go out to a mat. And you're nervous because you think you're going to get thrown, or this guy's really good, so he's going to pin me. And you think all the bad stuff is going to happen. Most likely, it's going to happen. And worst, you know, the worst part about it is you'll most likely get hurt yeah. because you're not going with the flow of the match. You know, you're too tense in this area, and if you get thrown, you know, you don't let your body go limp. You try to, you know, force something and break an arm. Or I've seen so many, you know, accidents happen from stuff like that. Right. So, you know, going down to the track, if you're worried about your cart and your cart only, you know, at that time, and you're at a start and you're mid-pack and you have all these other carts around you and you're not paying attention to your surroundings, not only can you get hurt, but you can get somebody else really hurt too. Right. And, uh, you know, luckily we had a, a pretty small class uh, this time and, you know, usually everybody that we raced with, um, we race with, you know, multiple times a month. So everyone kind of knew exactly what everyone does. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit more calming for me, but yeah, that's uh, a mistake that, you know, I'm going to 
do my best to never let it happen again because, yeah, it, you know, it can get kind of scary. Yeah, for sure. Good point. Actually, now that you said that, I think this weekend we didn't have any incidents besides um, Heat uh, having his chain problem because he had a bad chain on. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think we had any actual like contact or punts this weekend. I mean, this last weekend of the last race. Do you think so? Um, I don't think so. I think everyone uh, raced pretty clean. Nobody went off due to being pushed off the track or, uh, you know, a massive breakdown. You know, I think Heath was the only one who kind of got it bad with uh, throwing that chain. And uh, it's, the, the the one, the, the heat that he did finish, his little girl was like, yeah, you finally completed one. <laughs> I felt bad for him on that one, but it was actually kind of funny. Yeah, I know. I, uh, Rebecca and Abby were standing at the, uh, like, pit out uh, place, uh, the, the gate, as we were coming off. And I think Rebecca is the one who was who was throwing the digs. I'm not gonna lie, she was the one. Starting. Oh, okay. It was it was all Heath's wife. She's the one who was doing all of it. Cause I was like, yay! Cause Abby calls me Mr. Emmanuel all the time. Cause Abby and Liam are in the same class. So Abby's like, hey, Mr. Emmanuel's here. And yeah, I remember Rebecca going, yeah, he came in by himself. Let's see who brings your dad in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, something like that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. Good job, Rebecca. Sorry, he. <laughs> uh, I bet you didn't hear it. <laughs> so, um, I think I have it on video, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, because, yeah, we had our videos recording uh, as we, we came off track. Um, actually, no, that I only had my video for the first session. So I messed up like two weeks ago. Yeah, when we were testing, I tried to put a new um, adhesive on the back of like my helmet mount and either it was too hot or I put it on and I just tossed the helmet um, in the um, helmet bag, but I tossed it and I have this plastic tote that I put in the back and it must have been leaning on it, uh, on the tote weird because the adhesive didn't stick on properly. So I, I got the track and I'm ready to put my helmet cam on and it's just wobbly. I'm like, oh man. This is just going to peel right off the helmet if I go at speed or anything. So I didn't get any footage of my actual lead. So did it really happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, so I, I, I said I spun. That was, like I said, I think a lot of it was mental. Because as with any day where I have spun a lot, at the end of the day, I learned to drive what I have. And... I kept thinking there was something wrong with my cart, but based on your comments, Kirk actually also said something which was nice. Um, he said, "Man, your cart seems to like be unsettled, you know, under you. Like, it's making you move your hands a lot." And I realized that there are some laps I drive where I don't do a lot of that, and those were the laps where I didn't go to throttle very quickly. And I know it's just the two hundred six, and we only have eight and a half horsepower or whatever made up number we, we keep throwing out there. But in my cart, if I punch the throttle, that back end is coming around on whichever, you know, degree I have some input, whether it's one degree positive or one degree negative to the left. It doesn't matter. 
wherever it's at, if I punch the throttle, the cart is coming around. And I'm not saying it's a good characteristic. It's something I need to obviously work on and try and settle it down a little bit. But um, yeah, it was just just that. Just the fact that I passed Corey on the inside into turn one as a left-hander. But then the next turn was a left-hander. And I went all the way track out to set up. And Corey being Corey, he dove right back under me on the inside into turn two. And um, I saw him doing it. It was clean. I had plenty of time. But in my eagerness, right, to race alongside him, I think that's all it was. It was I went to throttle. I went to full throttle too quickly. You know, that's, that's what really all it had to be. And by punching it that quickly, I just, I spun around. That's all it is. So it, it didn't help that, obviously, my cart is that finicky. So every time I was you know, chasing someone or eager, I had to be patient. Um, and I had the same thing with, with the Lloyds. Um, not, I said the Lloyds, but um, mainly Aaron because he was in the CIK race. But even when I ran the, the senior Gold Cup race, same thing. I would stay with everyone all the way through one, and then at turn two, I just could not commit to full throttle as quickly as, as they could because I just had to make sure my cart made it through right the, the tightest part of the apex, and then my hands were straight. Then I could sort of punch the throttle. So it was just a gentle, slow squeeze while everybody else could sort of pick it up and go. Um, so that's, that was the weekend for me. It was just managing that. But the lap times were amazing. Um, you know, I, I just I had never done that before. And, yeah, it was really good. I had, I had a great time. Uh, I don't know what else to add to that. I don't have my data in front of me, so I can't tell you exactly what time I ran. I think I ran a 41.00 or something like that. Um, which is, which is pretty awesome. So if I could repeat that for the upcoming Maxis race, I'll be heaven, man. Yeah. Um, the one thing with the gas pedal, um, I don't know if this will help you or not, but I was having, um, I was never having an issue with the gas pedal, but I let, uh, Barry drive my cart and he made Mm -hmm. an adjustment to the pedal to make, uh, like the throttle just longer right yeah so i mean you're still going wide open at the same spot but it's like you just have like a longer throw to the pedal yeah and at first when he did it like i felt like i was pushing my foot all the way through the front bumper to get the pedal to go all the way down Mm -hmm. um and i was like man i don't know if i like this uh but i was having a problem you know the same thing with yours getting to full throttle too fast so you know, we've always said the person to get to full throttle first usually is going to win that turn. But if you're not timing everything correctly, you're doing more harm than good. So after he made this adjustment to the pedal and I got used to it, mm-hmm. I love it. Like, I, I, it, it's awesome the way that this, it's not super sensitive like it used to be. And I think our right. pedals were about the same. It's like, you know. You had maybe a quarter of an inch, and then you know, you you go, uh, or yep. you're at wide open throttle. But now it is like it has like a nice long slow throw to it. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Mark V Volkswagen I had. That was you know kind of like electric. It had the uh, fly by wire. So uh, right. 
you know, you had that little delay in it, but it was very manageable, and that's what it reminds me of. So I, I really like it, and then, you know, maybe that might be something you want to look into. Yeah, um, Barry had told me that as well because he's he's noticed that on, on my driving, and he had he had told me both of my pedals, the brake and and the throttle, to increase the throw on them, so it's got more range and and more modulation. Um. So yeah, that's definitely a change I need to make. Um, I don't want to change the balance of the cart. That's right. that's sort of the struggle, right? So we talked about that a little bit. Um, I don't want to make a change to the cart because I don't want to bind it up and slow it down. Um, what I want to do is I want to learn how to drive what I have. And if I could increase my throw to get exactly what I need, then absolutely. Um, and I was on, I mean, I say those Vegas, those tires I was on are a year old. They're a year old with maybe... 14 days now, 15 total days on them. I haven't run them consistently all, you know, in the year that I've had them, but I did four or five, you know, races with them last year and I've done two or three, three days with them this year. So, you know, you add practices plus the races. Yeah. I mean, it's probably day 12 to 14. Um, yeah. I'm about the same know, situation I, with, uh, with my Maxis. Um, I destroyed a brand new set of tires, uh, trying to get them mounted. That's a whole different story. (laughs) Um, so uh, the only option I had was to go back to my old set of fronts that I had. Um, now these fronts were given to me from Jim. Jim couldn't run them because they had a nail in them that he picked up at the pit road at Daytona on the very on the outlap. Right. Um, that puts them so, back in December 2017, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, December 2017. So, I, we got them for the first Maxis race. Uh, and then they sat in your trailer for... Six months or what, something? What, nine months or something like that? Yeah, they, they sat from, like yeah, that. All the way up until October... Right. Um, and the, t- the the whole tires were blue. So I called Buddy Long, and I was like, Buddy, does this even look right? I mean, these things just look like they've been heat cycled a thousand times, but, you know, they're brand new. So, yeah, he's like, i just go ahead and run them. I said, all right. Um, so to fix the nail, uh, believe it or not, I went up to my local fire kingdom or tire kingdom. Yeah. And... Uh, they put a patch in it just like you would in an automobile. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's made fun of me and no one believes me until I take the wheel off or the tire off the wheel. But yes, I have a patch in that wheel and, <laughs> you know, it, it's held up fine. It's held up for over a year now. And um, I just never had any front grip for probably half the race, the beginning part of the race. Yeah. And so I got a little bit more heat and then I was able to. Uh, you know, attack the turns, but by that time it was way too late. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just went out there to practice. I just went out there to see if, you know, the struggles I had with the engine, if those were all gone. Um, so with no front grip, I still ran a 42 flat. That was my fastest time of the race. I think my personal fastest is a 41 three. So I know uh, there's still a lot more room to go. Yeah. And, uh, no, so that was that was a, that was a plus for me. So yeah. definitely, I mean, uh, we did have a little drizzle. So 
obviously Corey checked out. Um, Aaron Lloyd was the next fastest, and then me. And if I wasn't making mistakes, I could stay in in Aaron's draft. I don't think I had enough like raw speed by myself to pass him. But if I if I hadn't made mistakes and I could have stayed in his draft, I would have tried to stay with him all the way to the finish, um, and then last lap give it a go and see. But I just you know every time I would try to attack or chase, I would wobble and counter steer and I'd mess up. So I lost Corey and and, and uh, Aaron. They checked out, and then it was just me. So that was you know first feature. Second feature was the same. So when it came to final. Um, it had a little drizzle, and the Lloyds, I think, packed up because they didn't know how long it would be, and I think they had something to go do. So it was just Corey, then a gap, then me, and just because of how the day was running in CIK, I had a gap to you know you and um, Scott and uh, Heath was Heath was in the race, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, James. Uh, he pulled he pulled off early, but yeah. So once you know the first lap, I was like, okay. Corey's pulling away. Next lap, he's still pulling away. By lap three, he's still pulling away. And I looked at my lap time, like something like, yeah, I'm still at 41.0, 41.1, 41 41.2, and he's just disappearing. So, yeah, we're going to drop back. <laughs> yeah, we're running for, what, 40.4s by yourself? I mean, there's no way I'm catching him. More or less, like, catch him, and then, unless he breaks down... Or something happens, I ain't overtaking him. So, uh, as I was coming around the big the sweeper, I saw you were not too far. But I mean, you were on the other side of the sweeper. But I'm like, oh well, you've got Scott with you. Like this is great. Um, I could run by myself for the next what six laps, um, five laps at that point, because it was only an eight lap feature. So I could run by myself for the next five laps, or I could make it a three way battle with you guys. So. I kind of just coasted down a little bit and waited for you, uh, picking up my homies, just like you would do for me. <laughs> so hey, you gotta roll with you gotta roll with your boys, man. We roll deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one, no matter what, you don't want to have to run by yourself if you can avoid it. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're running for like a championship or something like that, yeah, you know, you put the middle finger up and you keep going. But right. Uh, when you're just racing with all your friends and, you know, there's a, you know, four second gap in front of you and a four second gap behind you. Yeah. That race could get pretty boring pretty quick. Yep. So I wasn't going to have five laps by myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait and, and roll with you guys. So I had you come up and then, then it got fun because you just didn't have power in the straights, but you know, in most of the corners, you were still you like you, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't having to, jam my brakes to not hit you or anything you know it was just stuff just wasn't rolling right or acting right or you just weren't able to commit obviously you had no grip through the corner so you couldn't you know carry the same speed and get on the throttle as quickly but you know it was just you so scott was behind and once you came and i picked you up I'm like, come on scott all i wanted to do was push scott right past you so you would have <laughs> someone to like have to race and overtake you know what i mean that way it would be interesting mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, that thing we used to do in, in sim racing, kind of like a leapfrog, but essentially it's like when we get on track, you look at whoever has the fastest time and you just invert the field. So when all the cars roll out on pit road to go out practicing, the slowest 
you know, car in front and the fastest car in the back. So everybody's getting a chance to like race and overtake because the guy might be slow, but he may be hard to pass, you know, especially at a track like Lime Rock. You know, when we practice Lime Rock, it's, it's only five turns. Like, you know, so it just makes it super awesome. So, yeah, that's that's what I was hoping for. But good old Scott just never could do it. He could never get alongside and kept waiting and waiting. And all he kept thinking about was, oh, these two are going to make a mistake and I'm going to pass them both. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he told me that. I'm not making it up. So yeah, I know. Like, Oh, Scott, come on, man. Like, we're trying to get you up here so I can push you past Andrew and then we'll make it a three-way battle. But it was so much fun. And the last lap was, was epic fun as usual. So I like it when we do that. <laughs> yeah. So that's it, man. That was that was the race. It was uh, good fun with you for the feature. Otherwise, um, I ran really fast. I just not fast enough to keep up with Corey or Aaron. Hopefully I can tighten that up a little bit. And I, if I could stay in the draft, I can stay there. Um, I did run the senior race as well. Um, not much there, really. I just couldn't get past um, Davey and Kalen uh, with the Gold Cup nose, no matter what. I, I mean, I would drive and I would have more. I felt like I, you know, I had the speed. It's just I, I couldn't get past the two of them together in the Gold Cup nose and the CIK. So. I just ran that. Obviously, I was underweight. That's uh, I didn't have. I didn't add the extra fifteen pounds, but it was just basically practice, keep me fresh, and yeah, I ran the same lap time in in both. And I think I had, besides Sean Meyer, um, who else was up front? And and Aaron, I think I had a third or fourth fastest lap time. Obviously, I was underweight, so that didn't really matter. So that's yeah. it. That was a, it. Was a good day though. Good, cool day, a little drizzle. Um, no kids for you or I. True. Yeah, no kids. So it was nice and so, relaxing. The Yeah, the boys were in Savannah. So keeping up with them was kind of fun, just checking results and stuff. Um, and now we've got Maxis coming up. Yes, uh, the Maxis National. It's a first trip to Jacksonville this year. Um, it's looking like it's going to be a huge turnout from all the different classes they have. Uh, I heard through the grapevine that the vintage class has already over 50 entries. What? And, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah. I don't think so. 50? That's what I heard. That's what I heard. The the vintage guys are crazy, man. They're, they're (laughs) like, they're like, I don't know. If one if one could do a race, like forty of them do a race, it's it's hmm. weird. Um, what's that? I don't know. I I could be wrong, but what uh, qualifies for vintage? Can we can we put something together? Can I build a an African cart? I don't know. You probably could. I mean, I could just take uh, like bamboo and stuff, right, and make a cart. It'd be vintage. Yeah, you take all the the village socks and roll them up and turn it into a tire. Yeah, uh, man. You know, like know. <laughs> we we make glue we make glue out of I don't know if we have cassava here but it's like yucca or like a white tuber you know like I don't know what what I'm describing something that's so African that I don't think anybody knows but yeah. we make glue out of like you know plants think of potato there you go potato is the closest thing think of white potato and you know just boiling that and adding some stuff and making glue dip all your socks in that glue let it harden you got some tire. 
There you, know. you go. Um, so yeah, they're gonna have a couple. They're gonna have the pro gas races on Friday night. Uh, that's always gonna be fun underneath the lights. Um, and then yeah, the races all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Uh, Seventy five dollars a day. Um, we're gonna go and uh, represent our, you know, local group in CardiDads.com as well as jackscardi.com and try to see if we can somehow weasel in on the podium. I don't know if it's going to happen, but you know, shoot for the stars, right? Damn right. Um, so. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll, we'll give it our best shot and see what, what we can accomplish. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be out there hanging out and it's, I mean, it's one year. Like I think if this race continues, right, it's the anniversary of, our actual you know first competitive race right like not just a local race i guess we should we should maybe count the locals a, a bit more important than they are but that's pretty cool that it's been a year since we had our first big race and we're going right back at it yeah actually this race last year was our first podcast episode so we are going into a year now of podcasting well Damn right. Okay. So <laughs> there's a lot to look forward to then. Yep. So, so I'm excited to do the recap plus the one year show for the Maxis race. And uh it was fixing to be an expensive um trip. Like when I did the budget, you know, at the beginning of of the the year, looking at this weekend, but uh, it might not be as expensive and i'll i'll actually explain that on on the next episode you know talking about the budget again working within that set right that that set figure for me this year is keeping it to 3500 and trying to do as many races as, as we can for that budget so we'll talk about that a little bit in the next race and, and do the recap as well as our one year show so plenty to talk about in the next one i'm excited yeah it might be a long one so who cares it's gonna be awesome um well, you so can yeah, talk so now I'm, I, I did a yeah, lot of talking talk. for us. I got plenty of days um, to make up. Uh, so, yeah, so the end of March, what is it, the 28th and 29th or something like that? Friday 29th, 29th to Sunday 31st. Yeah, so the 29th to the 31st of March, uh, the Maxis Tour or Nas Maxis National Championship uh, will be stopping here at Jacksonville. If you are around, please come and race with us. Uh, it's an awesome event um don't really have anything bad to say about it uh buddy long puts on a great show and he's always there to uh help out anybody no matter you know what the circumstances are you know we've seen people get red and yell at him you know straight in the face and he just is you know, he kind of takes it so he's a pretty chill guy um so yeah definitely i'm going to go up there and help support him yeah. um it's the same weekend as the the 24 hours of Orlando, uh, yeah. which is of sponsored Orlando. by by SimCraft. Yeah, you might have to do the SimCraft event, like doing SimCraft. <laughs> <laughs> you have to um, you have to log in or something. Um, no, no, um, it's you know I, I just this weekend doesn't work out well for me um, to be yeah. at, at that event. But yeah, it's a whole different story. Yeah, but it's um yeah that's a, a good group of our friends will be out there as well. So if you're listening and you know twenty four hour race is something you wanted to check out, uh, please feel free to check out the 
Orlando 24, um, which is uh, at Orlando Orlando Kart Center. Yeah, I think uh, Jorge Ruiz is racing in it. John Morris is racing in it. I think Gabe will be running. And Gabe, uh, yeah. Uh, so shout out to those three guys. I just, I'm sorry if I you know miss you on the list, but just off the top of my head, those three guys uh, who've been you know fans of the show and friends of ours for a while now. So uh, good luck to them. Everybody be safe, and uh, hopefully. We'll see you at the track at our local track here this weekend, or if not, you know, good luck at a race at your local track. So we appreciate the uh, the following, and please just continue to uh, spread the word about the show, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll have a good one, guys, and uh, have a great weekend karting. Peace out. See ya.